Time for another production track breakdown. Yeah. This song is Boardwalk, one of my latest releases. So the concept of the song is really simple. It's a song about having fun on a boardwalk. <laughs> it doesn't get simpler than that. Um, so what I was trying to do is like bring a little bit more of like a beach rock, indie rock element to my music, something that I want to explore even more moving forward, since that's music that um, actually inspired me to even learn guitar. Um, the first things that I learned on the guitar were by the Ventures. That's because my grandpa showed me them, and he was like, these are cool things. They don't seem that like they're too, too hard to play. And they're... Um, yeah, they're some of my favorite things still because they're deceptively difficult. They're very simple, but you gotta gotta nail it. Anyway, um, beach rock, this whole kind of beachy vibe. I started all off using a um, synth patch that is kind of like um, filtered and weird, has weird attack to it. And it opens up this song, and I think it sets kind of a cool vibe. One of the things that I've been thinking about a lot with this record in particular that's going to come out this year called Koan is about the birth and death of songs. So like thinking of more than just an intro and an outro, like what is the first thing, the first impression that you get of a song? How does the song become a thing and then live and then die and then loop back on itself as though you're going to just keep playing that song over and over again and so like that that's made me think that having these impactful moments of really interesting sonics right off the top isn't just to engage the listener but it's also to kind of invite you into this little world and so here's just the synth stem hear that and we'll stop there do you hear also like how there's like seagulls and some like little glitchy things um, I'll play that again just so you can hear it. Seagulls. There. Now it's kind of like glitchy stuff. That is using um, one of my really fun new tools um, that I'm using a lot on this record, which is a granular synthesizer. Uh, I believe it's called Dust, and it uses binaural effects, so like spatial audio stuff, to bounce all around your head. And um, it's super fun because it has it has a choppy, glitchy quality that's also immersive at the same time. So again, just trying to like think about how those songs are are birthed into the world, and using elements like like a seagull, but I'm running into this granular synthesizer that's chopping it up and doing some weird things to it. So it's both very familiar and very new, kind of that, or at least trying to achieve that sweet spot. And most of the synth sounds on this song, which is a little bit more of a synth-driven song, I guess, um, that's what one of the blogs said, it, uh, it's using a Juno um, synthesizer for pretty much every synth sound except for that granular synth right off the top. So let's, let's listen to a little bit of that synth since we're on that subject and I have that stem pulled up, and we can just kind of check out how I'm making melodies with this synthesizer. Let's run into like a cassette player. Here it goes by between the super lo-fi and the more hi-fi. 
And that's picking up that same melody, but in slightly different tone. Something that's easy to sing over, but still like reminds you of that intro melody. Little evolution of the melody. Hear all that distortion, that tape. <laughs> and now we're in the chorus. Notice how gnarly these synths are. Like, in terms of distortion and fuzziness. I'll pause that there. One other thing that I want to kind of mention is that these synthesizers don't have a ton of low end because I'm trying to let other things speak in those registers. Um, so this is one of the reasons why I like hearing other producers, their stems and their soloed stuff, because it gives me a little bit of insight into both their arranging, but also their mixing. What I'm trying to do here is that thing that I've repeated in a bunch of different pods, and I, I believe it more and more. Literally every time I mix, the number one thing is control your lows, control your highs. And all of these synths have very specific ideas of where do the low end frequencies cut off and where do the high end frequencies cut off. So with that in mind, here's it again. So there's not a lot of low, low, low. And with those melodies, they're obviously they have a lot more brightness than this main buzzy thing. So with this, I, I want to talk a little bit about um, attack. So another, I think, super important concept just about arranging and music in general is how does a attack of something hit? So like if you think of an attack, like the, the clearest example would be a clap. That's you know super fast. That's all. It's pure attack. But then you have something like these these synths. There's a warp, 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 warp. That's low attack. So like the 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 sound is taking a second to get out of the virtual throat like that. You know, like a burp. <laughs> so that's that's I and I, I but like I don't want to I don't want to cheapen that concept because it's so important to me how quickly things impact you. Uh, as the listener, like it points your ear in certain directions. It dictates whether or not an element is rhythmic behind in the pocket, leading the pocket. And it also changes the way that compressors are reacting to, um, everything that's going on. So I talked about this in some of the mixing pods and I'll talk about this more later, but one of the keys to mixing is very strategic and, masterful use of compression compression is taking loud signals making them a little bit of quieter but the way that you do that the way that you're cascading things it, you're smoothing out this mix and then you're also melding instruments together so when you have like a really fast transient a really fast attack like a snare drum or that clap that i just did that is like screaming out to the compressor like hey tame me and so it's going to duck down that compressor. When you have a slower attack, that reacts with the compressor a little bit less because it's not as like, hey, look at me. And because of that, sometimes they can poke out. Sometimes they can do really interesting things. And if they have enough of an impact with a slower attack, they can you know, even influence the compressors to be compressing for a longer amount of time. Um, not not uh, pumping as much if you have really attack-based 
um, transients that are kind of pushing in and, and dictating your entire mix. Anyway, from there, let's talk about the bass and drums kind of all at once. So we don't normally do that, and I think this will be kind of fun for the song. So here we go, some bass and drums. Pretty classic. The only thing that's a little different is some of the harmony. And then, like, I'm using an 808 symbol. You know that 808 right symbol. I like these drum, this drum part because it sounds like a little bit, in mean, the mix at least, it sounds like a human played it, but this is entirely programmed. Here I'm like layering different subdivisions so you get that hi-hat going. We're coming back into the chorus, pushes a little bit. <laughs> so this is an important, this is an important thing for me. Um, so I, I, I think, I think, uh, Making things sound good without the rest of the instruments is a little bit overrated. Like, listen how crazy this bass sounds. But obviously, this is out of context, out of context of the uh, the compression, all that kind of stuff. But it sounds nuts. Sounds like, like, kind of love it. It's just huge. It's unabashedly giant. And when you have a bass this big... Like, you better scoop out the low end of your synths. Because you got this house down there. And there, it's all gone. That, I love contrast. This, this, uh, this part was kind of like uh, my song Mystery Machine. Here, those like super quantized um, um, hi-hats, very robotic. But then the bass is not. The bass is untouched. It's just human. I really like the way that it sounds. And then, uh, this is human, these egg shakers. Me playing them. Then we're in. Love egg shakers. Stereo egg shakers. This giant house of a bass part. Man, I forgot I did this. <laughs> when you work fast, it's easy to forget what you're doing. On to the next song. I'm loving this, though. This is fun. It's a chorus, man. Hear the slight rhythmic changes on the bass part? Yeah. <laughs> I love, I love the, I don't know, the silliness of this track. It, it's like such a good example of contrast, you know? <laughs> I have super chill bass parts in the verse, and then add in some different subdivisions, some different hi-hats, some different shakers, and then all of a sudden it's chorus time, and then just kick up the fuzz on the bass, and you're rocking. Here's some guitars. Let's let's listen to these. So this is where the beach rock thing kind of comes from. This isn't really a Ventures guitar part, but a little bit of the tone, that kind of like Fender reverb. Springy. Pretty sure for this song, I actually used a load box, uh, which allows me to use a tube amplifier and then plug it into the computer. I don't normally do that because it takes more work, but I felt like for this song, it was appropriate because you need a little bit of that classic tone. That's what I was going for. 
and hear that chorus, that width, when we hit the chorus. Add a little chorus on the chorus. It's fun playing parts like this because I try to be intentionally kind of sloppy and like I'm pretty sure 90% I just recorded these in just full full takes, you know, do like two or three of them and it's like, okay, that's the guitar part for the whole song. A lot of it's improvised too. Like as you can hear, there's a little like embellishments and stuff like that. That's just in the moment, like, okay. Uh, one thing that I, for these kind of parts uh, that I think is super important to get that right amount of sloppiness where it doesn't feel stiff is to use a thin guitar pick like almost as thin as you possibly can i like the fender like triangle picks it gives you the sound i found out about that uh when i was i watched an interview who was it oh right it was niall rogers uh cheek and everything <laughs> um yeah he, he was talking all about it, obviously not this kind of tone, but this kind of idea, these triads, these smaller guitar shapes. Not like big, full chords. And he talked about the value of using a really thin pick. I totally agree. I, I usually, I either use super heavy or super thin. Pretty much, that's it. Super heavy for lead guitar, super thin for rhythm guitar. Hear the shift from super stereo chorusy to straight up. And that pushes you into the next song, which is not out yet, but I'm very excited for it to be. Also, what I'm doing there, I'm doing this in a lot of my songs now because I just love it. It just sounds so pretty, and I'm, I feel like I'm getting better at what's um, these artificial harmonics that, uh, what's his name, Ted Green, um, double-checking this because I don't want to mess that up. T-E-D-G-R-E-E-N-E, -E -E -E, Ted Green. Yeah, he rocks. Uh, I, I wanted to make sure I wasn't like, confusing him with a basketball player. Um, yeah, he, uh, not Draymond Green. He, <laughs> he kind of like, I, I'm not sure if it was his idea or if he was just the first person that I heard do it, but he does these really beautiful things and that's what I'm, that's what I'm emulating the very end where you're playing with both hands. It's not like tapping. It's, um, it's creating those little beautiful little dotty harmonic things. Let me copy that over so you can hear that one more time. Hear the technique that I'm talking about. I do it in a lot of songs now. And it's really fun to watch, I think. I mean, I'm excited to play live for you so you can see it. But to see somebody's hand, because ultimately what you're having to do is you're having to draw the shape that you're playing with your left hand with your right in pretty rapid succession. Um, I do it by holding my pointer finger where the harmonic is, which is usually, in this case, it was 12, 12 frets away from what I'm fretting, and then playing the string with my ring finger on my right hand. So it's kind of a fun, I don't know, I just think it looks cool. Come, uh, come see Scuba Doer live to experience this technique that I totally took from Ted Green, but I'm getting better at it and hopefully putting my own spin on it. Dang it. I'm not swearing right now. Um, I do this every year to practice <laughs> speech control. It's very hard. Anyway, thank you for joining me on this bizarre little pod about a bizarre little song that I really like, and I hope you like too. There's a lot going on in this one, 
in terms of the interaction of things, but fundamentally it's quite simple. I think that the key kind of techniques here are contrast, controlling your highs and lows, and then playing with attack and melding the familiar, like the classic guitar tone, with, you know, maybe the slightly unexpected, like 808 um, ride cymbals and seagulls chopped up into granular synthesizers. Gotta keep you on your toes. All right, with that, if you have any questions, if you have any suggestions for pods or anything like that, or just want to send me some memes, scubertdubert.pizza is the place to find me. You can get all my links there. Just shoot me a DM, Reddit, Instagram, wherever you're comfy. Reach out. Let's chat. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week.